even if you are the spouse who is in the right, you need to listen and wait on the Lord to hear what He's guiding you to do. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You still need to be waiting on the Lord to give you understanding of what's going on. Welcome to You and Me and Jesus, a Christian marriage podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to You and Me and Jesus. I'm Carrie. And I'm Mindy. And we're glad you're here. Most marriage podcasts, if you look through their list of topics, you're going to see communication. You're going to see it many times in the episode catalog because it's a very important issue. And there's a whole lot of things that go on in communication. If you take a moment just to ponder the reality of communication, it's an amazing thing. I mean, just recently, as I was thinking about it, I realized that the word commune is the root of the word communication. And it just dawned on me this exchange of sound waves through our tongues and to another person's ears is the main way that we commune with other people. Isn't that just a fascinating thing? It's kind of like the soil, the good soil of a relationship. Yeah. And, and it's, it's how we connect. But it's also amazing how easily communication can get messed up. I mean, as I've thought about this, it, it seems like there's just an opportunity at every step along the way for things to get messed up. I mean, there's what you want to say when you're about to say something. Then there's what you actually say, because it doesn't always come out right. Then there's what you think you said, which may not be what you said. Then there's the body language and the facial expressions that accompany what you said. And then there's what the other person hears you say. And then what the other person interprets that you said. You know, there's a, there's an aspect of interpretation in there. And then there's what they want to say in response, and then what they actually say, and then what you hear them say. You get the point. There's all these places in the communication process where it can just break down. My mind is spinning. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And so obviously, the better we can communicate, the better we're going to understand one another, the better we're going to be able to commune with one another, and to work together in our marriages to honor Christ. It's just kind of a duh sort of a statement. So... Good communication has got to happen. Like I said, it's like the soil. If it's healthy, then healthy marriage is going to grow. So we need to hear what the Bible has to say about communication. First, God is a communicator. Hebrews 1, 1 through 2. It says, Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the world. So we see in this section, God speaks. I mean, if you stop to think about the miracle of that, the God of the universe speaks to us. And he says he did it through the prophets. We did it through scripture as well, we know now. And now he's also doing it through Christ. He continues to speak. He continues to be one to commune with his people. And I think that's a just a wonderful privilege that we have. Like we talked about in our last episodes, that's why prayer with him is so important. He wants us to continue to be speaking with him, listening to him, speaking to us. 
Secondly, through communication, we have the power to bless or to harm. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Wow, death and life. So your communication toward your spouse, toward your kids, toward those you work with, you know, fill in the blank of who the person is, is either death or life. He's not talking about anything in between. He's just saying these two extremes come from words. Man, can you think of an example of life-giving words? Just so we all have the same concept in mind. Words of encouragement or affirming or praising would be giving life. Yeah, absolutely. And death, I think we all know what that's like. We've experienced it. Someone who said something condemning or hurtful, those things like suck the life out of you. Right. Like, how could you do such a thing? You're such a failure. Yeah, those kind of things are are so hurtful. And when the verse says, those who love it will eat its fruits, it sounds to me like what he's saying, if you love the fact that you can communicate and you love the fact that you can commune with other people through this means, you also need to love the good kind of fruit you can produce through it. And so it sounds like an admonition to me to learn how to communicate well. Because bad communication could very well be death to your marriage. And good communication would be life to your marriage. And that may sound extreme, but that's what the verse is saying. Right. And that is what we have noticed in our marriage. That's what we've noticed in so many other marriages that we've talked with the couples. And many times it's they're not communicating or their communication is bad, harmful. Think about the last tense conversation you have with your spouse. And the place where that conversation turned really negative is usually when someone said something hurtful or damaging and sucked the life out of the other person. And then defenses go up, insecurities flare, all kinds of bad things begin to happen. And many times communication stops and then it just starts to fester. And that's when the marriage starts breaking down. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's move ahead and look at what the Bible says about how we're to communicate. And you know, if you're listening, you may want to take some notes here. There's some really plentiful and powerful principles that we're going to look at here. Now, there are loads of passages we could reference, but we're just going to hit some of the most important ones. Mindy, would you read Ephesians 4.29 for us? Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Well, so we're to avoid corrupting talk. That's what the ESV says. Some say unwholesome words. You know, so the idea is things that are harmful. So examples, a harsh tone, harsh words, personal insults definitely would fit into this category. Cutting someone down, criticizing them. Threats, lies, slander. I mean, all kinds of things would fall into this idea of corrupting talk. And it may sound like, you know, those are things that are extreme and most people don't struggle with those, but stop and think about the list. In our conversations, don't we shade the truth sometimes to make ourselves look better? Don't we do little jabs to try and push the other person away because we're feeling threatened? I mean, corrupting talk is easier to do than we think. In some ways, it could sound like when we say, you never Hmm. fill in the blank, or you always. Yeah, those extreme words. Yeah, those can be kind of hopeless. It's like, okay, well... That's what you think about me, you know, then there's no hope. I think you're making a great point. The corrupting talk, the harmful words could be words that lead to a dead end. Yeah. Words that cut off communication or characterize the person unfairly. 
You're not building someone up when what you said leads to a dead end. You're not giving them grace. You're not giving them help when it leads to a dead end. So instead, you would want to say, I feel like sometimes you're not listening to me instead of saying, you never listen to me. And to maybe say, can you put that book down or can you put your phone down so that you can listen to me better? Or, I mean, that's helping and that will build them up. That's great. Notice this passage also says we're to say what's good for those who are listening. How many times when we're trying to get out what we're trying to say, are we thinking about saying it in a way that's good for the other person? Not usually. We're trying to convince We're trying to persuade. We're trying to schmooze. I mean, there's all kinds of motives we have. We're not thinking about the other person's good. Right. If we're thinking of maybe of our good, what we could get out of it many times, it's not going to be for their good. Communication with correction can be good if it's for the good of your spouse. If there's a way you're wanting to encourage your spouse to be better at something, it can be words that will be building up because it's for their good. So you just need to be really careful to make sure why are you saying what you're saying. And this verse also says, say what fits the situation. So man, do we need wisdom there? It's kind of hard sometimes to know, man, what's the best thing to say right here? And how can I get past this misunderstanding that we're having? Man, asking God for wisdom. Go back to the episode on your relationship with God and the importance of asking for wisdom. Man, we really need it here. Another very helpful passage is James 1, 19 through 20. Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Yeah, I hear James saying that a massive part of communication is listening. Quick to listen, slow to speak. My grandma used to say, God gave you two ears and one mouth for a reason. Same idea. You should be listening. You should be really trying to understand. And many times when you're sitting there listening, it will give you an opportunity to ask the Lord, help me to understand my wife. Help me to understand my husband. What are they trying to say? I want to love them well. So take the time to listen to your spouse, but also take the time to listen to the Holy Spirit who's guiding you during that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. We might do a quick little reminder here too: truly listen. Don't be thinking of how you're going to respond to what they're saying right now. Don't be thinking of the next point you wanted to make. Truly listen. Be active in your listening. I think that's the phrase they use now is active listening. Look them in the eye. Really try to understand the words they're saying. Mine it for all it's worth because that's where understanding really comes from. Is from that communing in a way where what they're saying is clear to you and you got it. And this all ties in with humility, which we talked about on our last episode. There's a quote that I received from a man who wrote me a note one time that I've never forgotten. And he said, the key to wisdom is the essential humility to reserve judgment until comprehension sets in. And so what he's saying is we've got to take the time to make sure we understand before we make up our mind about a situation. Man, how relevant is that in a marriage relationship? It is so very important because even if you are the spouse who is in the right, You need to listen and wait on the Lord to hear what he's guiding you to do. But you also need to listen to your spouse to truly understand them. And then the Lord's going to guide you in how to respond with words that are building up 
with words that are humble to help resolve the situation instead of demanding your rights because you're the one who was right in this scenario. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. You still need to be waiting on the Lord to give you understanding of what's going on. Totally. And another situation I thought of that this principle would apply to is our tendency to characterize people as a certain way. We define them. She always responds this way. She sees things like this, etc. And there may be some truth in that from observation over the years. But at the same time, when we label someone like that, we're not really listening to what they're saying right now. We're just stamping that label on them and going, oh boy, here we go again. You know, rather than truly trying to understand what's on their heart at that moment. And why do they always say it that way, maybe? Yeah. So you can kind of bypass the fact that they're always saying it that way and get to the heart of why they're saying it and start resolving those things. Yeah, very good. And this passage also says we should be slow about allowing anger to enter our communication. I don't hear this passage saying you should never be angry in a conversation. There are legitimate righteous reasons to be angry. But he's saying oftentimes the anger that's manifested is man's anger is what he calls it. And it does not fulfill the righteous purposes of God. So we just have to be very leery about anger. We have to be cautious about it. So Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. And this is a little bit longer passage with a little more context before we get to the part about communication. But I felt like the context is important. He says, and he, Jesus, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Okay, so let's pause there for a moment. That's the context. He's talking about our goal both from a leadership perspective within the church and as members of the church, is maturity. That's what we're aiming at. And so now he's going to bring communication into that context. He says, rather than being deceived by all these things, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it's equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So his point about communication is truthful communication done in love helps the body grow. And it grows in love. So truthful, loving communication in a marriage helps the marriage grow in love. That's right. And sometimes those two things, truth and love, feel like they're at odds with each other because we think sometimes in order to say the truth, it's going to hurt or it's going to be offensive to the person or they're not going to understand. And so it's going to turn into a conflict and it doesn't have to be that way. Especially if you're growing in humility. That's right. Go back an episode and you'll understand where that comment's coming from. Communication is a tool God has provided for growth as believers. And each of us in a marriage relationship need to be working on our ability to speak the truth in love. So I think what we need to take away from this section is that we need to keep in mind that the words we say and how we say them can either help or hinder the growth of others. Our spouse, primarily in this context, is what we're focusing on. 
and that our mindset in communication needs to be coming from love and needs to be for the purpose of building up and helping our spouse. Right. Communication often devolves into a he said, she said, my opinion versus your opinion. And we need to readjust our thinking so that that versus part is out of the equation. We're on the same team. We're working to help each other grow. We're loving each other as Christ loves his church. And so our goal is to become unified. Yeah, communication should not primarily be venting and complaining. It needs to be for the help of the marriage, for the help of the individual husband or wife. And when we are, first of all, loving our spouse and first of all, considering them as more important, that's going to help us to think twice before we just want to vent or complain at them. So let's talk about some practical suggestions based on these scriptures. Since communication is so important, Mindy, what's the first thing that you would say? There needs to be daily communication between the husband and wife. Now, why daily? Just like we need to sleep daily to be healthy, we need to eat daily to be healthy. Communication is that important. To a relationship. Right. And of course, there are situations where that can't happen. A spouse is out of town or maybe they're sick. I mean, there's just a lot of different reasons, but your goal is to have daily healthy communication. That's right. And it's about a wide variety of subjects. There's no prescription for this because life is a variable thing. Different things happen different days. There may be different crises that you're facing as a family. I mean, you understand that, but communication needs to happen nonetheless. And the beautiful thing about communication is it's the soil that your marriage is growing in. And so if it's healthy and you're consistently taking care of it, taking out the weeds, so to speak, you're going to have a strong root system so that when those crises come, when those hard days come, it's a comfort for you and your husband or your wife to be able to have that daily communication because you're going to be able to find comfort in one another. You know, the husband can come home and tell his wife what happened at work. And if he knows that's going to be a time where he's going to experience love and understanding from her because they've been having that all along already. Yeah, it really is a compounding thing. Negative communication compounds negatively. Positive communication compounds positively. Another thing, while we do want to communicate about the day-to-day practical things of life, we also want to make sure that we're having time to communicate on a heart level. Mindy, this is a phrase I learned from you on a heart level. You know, I didn't quite understand what that was when we first got married. How would you define that? Wanting to know what's on your spouse's heart. And many times a good way to phrase that is what are they feeling? Um, that's a good thing for the husband to ask the wife. How are you feeling today? And you're not talking about health. Right. I mean, many times we well, we might have already talked about health. I've had a headache all day or I feel like a cold's coming on. But when the husband can say, how's your heart today? How are you feeling about your busy day that you just had? Things like that. That's music to the ears of the wife because they need to talk about those things. They want to talk about those things. And that aspect of their makeup, that emotional aspect, is so much a part of who they are. When the husband asks those kind of questions, he's communicating you, who you are, is important to me and is valuable. And I want to know you in that way. 
And guys, that may sound kind of scary because the emotion is not always the language that we are proficient in. But nevertheless, if we want to love our wives well, that's a good place to start. And then a last practical thing I would suggest is in light of the fact that we're seeking to commune with another person, focus on understanding first rather than being understood. When you can understand that other person, you're going to have a greater likelihood of communing with them, of truly becoming connected and and having a good time together. I think that's good what you said, because communication feels like it's healthy when each spouse is understanding one another. So when you feel like you're on the same page, when you're understanding the way your spouse thinks or the way they are feeling, you've got good communication. So seeking to understand through your listening is vital. So true. So true. All right. Let's look at the assignments for this episode. First of all, based on Mindy's suggestion, we would encourage you to set aside time every day to talk about important things. And on the download for this episode, the resource you can get on the website, we're going to give you a list of practical questions that you can use in this time of communication. Of course, it's not an exhaustive list. And of course, you don't have to ask every question every time you sit down. It's just a resource for you to draw from as needed. So Mindy, why don't you go through some of those questions and kind of help us understand what we're going for? Well, we already talked about asking, how's your heart? Maybe the wife would want to ask her husband, how did you think about your sales calls today? Or, I mean, many times the, the man doesn't think along the lines of feelings. He, he's just thinking. <laughs> he's more task oriented. So you as a wife, you want to learn how to best phrase questions for your husband. Another idea is to ask, what has the Lord been doing in you lately? Or how have you been encouraged in the Lord? What did you read in your quiet time today? What's the Lord teaching you? All of those are important questions to kind of have your finger on the pulse of your partner's spiritual life so that you can walk in that together, be an encouragement where you need to be. Another question that's on our list is what's been discouraging to you lately? It may sound scary to ask that question because, man, do I really want to get it? But yeah, if you're caring for them, you really want to know what's heavy on their heart, what's hard for them. What is it that they're struggling with so that you can come alongside and help? Another question I thought of is to ask, how are you feeling about yourself? Hmm. You, Carrie, actually asked me that a good amount of times, and it's helpful because you're able to help me to remember what is true about me and what you think about me and what God thinks about me. So that I think that's a great question. Yeah, here's another one that may feel a little bit risky because you may discover some things that you thought were okay but aren't okay. And that's, how can I love you better? You just need to be open to the fact that the way you think you're loving isn't always how you're loving. (laughs) You're not pulling it off like you think you are. So be humble enough to ask the question and let your spouse honestly answer. Yeah. And especially if you've had conversations about, say, your wife has told you things that she hopes that you will do better or an area where she was hurt by you. And so you've been working really hard at changing that. It would be very helpful, and I would encourage you, husband, to revisit that. Have I been loving you well in that area? Have you noticed a change? I'm really working on it. And it's important, because what if they don't notice that you're making that change, then you need to figure out why so that you can adjust what your improvements are. Yeah, and in all questions of this nature, let me remind you, you asked. So don't be angry if the question comes back with an answer you don't like. You asked. 
because you want to improve. You want to grow. So stay humble. Don't be defensive. That's right. Don't be defensive. You could also ask, do you have any concerns we need to talk about? Maybe it has to do with your relationship. Might have to do with the kids. Might have to do with your household budget. I mean, it could be any kinds of things. But do they have concerns or the burdens that they're carrying that you need to talk about? And then this might be an obvious thing, but I think a lot of times couples don't do this. But just talking about the plans for the day or the plans for the next day, if you and your spouse find the best time to communicate being in the evening, maybe after the kids are in bed or something like that. But it's important to know what one another's daily schedule is. If not for just being able to pray for them, if the husband has appointments at the office, the wife should show interest in the husband's job so that she can be praying for him throughout the day that he will be obedient to the Lord and that he will be led by the Lord in the meetings he's going to have. And I mean, there's just a whole variety of reasons why just knowing the day-to-day schedule of your spouse is important. And when you're aware of what they're dealing with through the day, you're all that makes you kind of aware of what state of mind or emotion they may be in when they return home. So you can prepare yourself. You can be ready to be an encouragement and a help. Right. And these forms of communication and these kind of questions are only promoting unity and oneness. And just a little reminder there, as a married couple, we are one and we are growing in oneness. And so you're going to get better and better at it as you work on it. But don't ever think that anything is too much. When it comes to communication. Right. Okay. A couple more here. And of course, these are not all the questions you can ask, but how do you feel the kids are doing? Do you have any concerns? I mean, if you have kids, that's an important thing to talk about on a regular basis because you need to tag team that parenting thing. You need to tap into each other's insights and wisdom so that you know how to respond knowledgeably and well to the situations each kid's going through. Yeah. And another question that we thought of is how can I encourage your faith more? Hmm. The wife can ask the husband, am I helping you to be a a spiritual leader. I know that's your role, husband. So am I helping you in that or am I hindering you? Hmm. I mean, that would be a very important way to encourage your husband to grow in his faith if you help him to grow in his role. Yeah. Or if you've had a conversation about the wife or the husband's insecurities and you know those are standing issues the person's dealing with, you can encourage and talk to them regarding what the Bible says about issues like that and remind them of truths and Bible verses and things like that to encourage their faith more. So as you're growing in the Lord, just in your personal quiet time, God's going to give you a lot of ideas of how to encourage your spouse and the kind of questions to ask. Absolutely. So your assignment this time is to establish a time every day that you can communicate. And this list of questions and maybe some more questions will be available as a download resource for this episode. So don't forget that illustration that Mindy gave, that communication is like the soil. I think that's really good. The healthy soil in which your marriage grows is communication, and you need to be watering it, weeding it, fertilizing it, doing all the things to make sure your communication is healthy. Mindy, would you pray for our friends? Yes. Father, thank you so much for being our great example of communication. Thank you so much for giving us your Holy Spirit to be able to communicate to you and to also hear back from you. And thank you so much that you have guided us in how to communicate with one another in humility and in truth and in love. And I just ask that you will encourage 
these husbands and wives who are listening through your abounding grace in their lives to be able to establish healthy communication in their relationships and to have that healthy soil that they can grow in and um, grow deep roots of communication on a regular basis, on a daily basis. And I just ask, Lord, that you will give them hope and encouragement and help them to find their help in you as they seek you daily in their times with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. This podcast is a production of Morning Mindset Media. Find out how you can become a monthly partner to help us help you and others get their minds aligned with the truth of God's Word. You can also find out about our other podcasts at MorningMindsetMedia.com. You're so thoughtful with how you... I was meaning something more generic like encouragement or affirmation. Yeah. We can skip that next bullet point. Do you want to introduce James 1? You want to read that, Carrie? Tell us what... (laughs) Hang on. I'll I'll do that one. Let me look at it again. And to become... uh, I guess I can stop it right there. You want to say something summary-ish? Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow.